and welcome to episode 21 of Align Your Mind. My name is Chelsea Tanner and I'm a life coach, I'm a musician, and I started this podcast 21 weeks ago um, because I wanted to spread the work that had helped me so much. Now, I've been applying this work to pretty much, I mean, literally every aspect of my life. And I thought I could help so many people with it, especially musicians, especially struggling musicians or people who think they're not good enough. But I wanted to share my story with thought work and with life coaching today and sort of describe why I became a life coach and why I think it's so crucial and life-changing and it's not... You know, we always think about life coaches in the sort of culturally popular sense, which is, oh, they just like tell you how to live your life and you have a better life. And that's actually not what it is at all. It's so much more to do with what we've been talking about for the last 20 weeks, which is mindset and thought work. So this past year for me has been a whirlwind of personal discovery. I discovered thought work in a podcast called Unfuck Your Brain, and this is hosted by a life coach named Carl Lowenthal, and she explores thought work, and I had never heard of it before. She's a feminist life coach and was talking about things I'd always struggled with, like perfectionism and body image and diet culture and basically all of my thoughts around that. To be honest, it seriously blew my mind. One of my first little brain explosions was the fact that thoughts are optional, that we don't have to believe all of our thoughts. And I thought, like, seriously, I don't have to think this way when I look in a mirror or listen to a recording of myself or relive embarrassing moments in my past in the middle of the night. This was huge Kara Lowenthal went on to talk about body image and the work she had done for herself to just be able to look in the mirror. And this is something I struggled with for a really long time. I've spent a lifetime picking myself apart, thinking I was too pale, too chubby, or disproportional. About a year before hearing this podcast, I was in such a bad place with mirrors specifically. I had moved to Austin to a new house and there were built-in mirrors so I could see myself at pretty much every angle when I walked down the hallway. This was a problem for me because I would get so angry and feel so terrible when I caught a glimpse of myself that I would start to cry. And I had gone to therapy for this but they suggested that I just cover the mirrors. Which I always thought was like not a super great long-term uh, solution, but um, I was really looking for some way to get over it. I had tried to talk to myself better. I, you know, was kind of going on and off of diets and had been restricting a lot and then stopped restricting and gained weight and I felt worse, you know, like all of those things that aren't really talked about in the classical music world specifically, I think, which is why I'm a little nervous to share this, but here we go. <laughs> I know women have a lot of issues with this, and I'm the first to tell you it does not matter how much you weigh. (laughs) If you hate yourself in the mirror, your brain does not care what that scale says. 
once even at my smallest size ever, I thought my mirror was actually making me look thinner than I was, like one of those cheap ones from Walmart or something. So I bought a new mirror. Um, I thought like, oh, this one won't lie to me, you know, of course. And then I got home and was convinced that it too was not showing me the truth. And my brain just needed to pick something apart. And that I think is so profound that my brain feeling shame, feeling upset, feeling bad about myself wasn't because of my body. It was because of my mind, right? Society and diet culture and all of this stuff is baked into us because we learn it at such a young age. Our thought patterns and habits around food and diets and eating and being thin or not being thin like all of that stuff is baked in it's almost like you don't think thoughts you just react to yourself and that's where I was I used to get angry when I saw thin people eating sweets like no joke I had to stop watching tv shows because I couldn't handle the fact that a pastry chef was so thin and could eat sugar and thought like oh I can't eat sugar why can she eat sugar and I got so mad and I would frequently tell myself the lie that I couldn't eat sugar but you know I those things really affected me I used up so much brain space thinking about food and what it what I made it mean in my life I used to think I would only be a worthy person if I was thin and I want to pause there Because I think a lot of other people feel this way. I thought that people would respect me more if I was a size 2 or 0. That somehow that was more responsible. I know I didn't make this up. It's what society tells women their whole lives. Or anyone their whole lives. It's the kind of thinking that the multi-billion dollar diet industry banks on. Now, back to that whole thoughts are optional thing I was talking about. That was so profound for me. I could be the observer of my own thoughts. I could notice how I was thinking and how that made me feel on a daily basis. Once you're aware you're able to do that, all of this crap about, oh my gosh, I don't look this way, starts to sound really absurd. You know, when we're just the observer of our own mind. When... I was telling myself that I was worthless, or much worse, in front of the mirror. I was making myself feel bad. We always say we're our harshest critic, but we can be our meanest bully too. When I really thought about it, no one was making me cry in front of the mirror except me. I was making myself cry because of the thoughts that I was thinking, and the beliefs I was believing. And that just freaking blew my mind, honestly. This led me to uncover a lot of beliefs about myself, and they were not all very pretty. (laughs) Awareness gave me everything. I learned to practice new thoughts that weren't the most ideal, but they were baby steps, and ones that I could think, you know? could believe this released some tension and created a slightly better feeling instead of 
Wow, my arms are huge. I practiced. I have human arms. I have a human body was a sentence I could believe because I do, right? We all have human bodies. And it felt slightly better than that last thought, which was, I'm worthless. I practiced the thought deliberately every time I looked in the mirror. Eventually, I have a human body was the default. And I want to apologize for the sirens right now. I live in New York City, so this is hard. (laughs) But I have a human body that feels so much better than I'm a worthless piece of crap. I liked this practice because I knew it wasn't a quick fix. It wasn't like a diet hack, a mirror covering, or a sappy love letter to my legs and how grateful I am for them taking me from place to place. I've tried all that before. This was actually reprogramming my mindset and it felt like a superpower. I have profoundly graduated from I have a human body to actual self-love. And yeah, that sounds super cheesy, but stick with me if you got this far. (laughs) Before this past year, I wasn't able to sit with my own thoughts. When I lived alone, I I would constantly have a podcast going to keep me company and far, far away from my actual self. (laughs) And when I couldn't handle myself with just podcasts, it would be podcasts plus a whole box of cereal in one sitting or a whole bag of cheddar popcorn, even though I'd already eaten dinner. Obviously, this just made me feel worse. I beat myself up for eating more and I couldn't seem to break the cycle of (sighs) criticize myself, feel bad, eat because I feel bad, criticize myself for eating, eat more, right? Like that's just such a cycle. When I wasn't using food, it was work. One does not simply complete two years of doctoral coursework in one without some severe workaholic tendencies. (laughs) I lived this way until I found thought work. My whole life, I struggled with my relationship with food. I never thought I could eat normally. And this freed me from that. Life coaching is all about thought work. It's about gaining awareness about your thoughts, how thoughts are making you feel, act, and what results you get from that process. It's then deciding to think on purpose to get the results you truly want in your life. That's the superpower of life coaching. What I learned is that you can't out-action your beliefs. You can't diet enough to like yourself. If you don't like yourself, you won't like yourself at your quote-unquote ideal weight. Remember that second mirror I talked about earlier? Yeah, that's how I know that. This goes the same for trying to out-practice in the practice room if you're a musician and I am and I want to mention this because this happens to a lot of musicians they shame themselves they guilt themselves in a practicing and there is no magic I finally feel good enough because you haven't practiced feeling good enough 
you've practiced feeling inadequate. Right? So when you get the job or you get the teaching position or you get the thing and you're confused why you don't feel confident and you feel like you have imposter syndrome, the reason is probably you motivated yourself in a negative way. It's all about our thoughts, not about what we do. When I really kind of found this work to hit home was one day in the fall I was sitting at the park near my apartment in Brooklyn and I noticed a woman working out with like a near perfect or what I would have considered to be perfect body had this been a few years ago my internal monologue would have gone something like I wonder if she works out regularly or if this is sort of like a one-time thing. I could probably do all the same things she's doing now, but why don't I look like that? Do you think she eats bread? No way, right? Like, I mean, she also must be on some sort of plan or maybe she was just born lucky. Ugh, I wish I was born lucky. She must have a really fast metabolism, right? Like, no way she eats sweets. Are you kidding? Do you think that she eats more than 1,200 calories a day? Probably not. I'm definitely never eating bread again. I can't believe I even ate it for so long. I wonder what her diet's like. It's so unfair that some people are just naturally thin. You guys. (laughs) I would swirl that in my brain until I got so upset. It would be crazy. It would just lead to a buffet of self-loathing. Like, ugh. Anyway, but that day in the fall, I remember so distinctly because none of that crossed my mind. I noticed her, but not to compare myself. I had nothing bad to say about myself. It wasn't even my first instinct to do so. I didn't think the situation was unfair because I genuinely like myself now, regardless regardless of what I look like or what the scale says. I don't automatically compare myself to other people anymore because I have self-respect and I've practiced self-love. I don't shame myself into looking a certain way or trying to look a certain way because shame feels terrible and I'm not willing to treat myself that way anymore. Before last year, I'd been comparing myself to others for so long. The first time I remember noticing that thin was better and I wasn't that was when I was seven years old. It was my seventh birthday. I remember it super clearly. This has been a long, exhausting road. But my head has room for other things now. Food doesn't constantly control my every decision. Mirrors don't make me feel bad. Or I don't make myself feel bad in front of mirrors would be an accurate statement there. I don't avoid food, I don't demonize it, and I don't make it mean anything. That's not to say those thoughts don't pop up from time to time. Old habits die hard. But now I know they're optional, and I don't have to believe them or engage with them. I know how to manage my mind now, and it's honestly changed my entire life. I want to help other people feel better regardless 
of their circumstances regardless of their weight or their relationship with food and help them learn how to manage their minds i want to help them create relief from that mean internal bully that just won't let up and that's why i became a life coach and i'm sitting here about it's been like a year and a few months after i really decided i want to wanted to get certified as a life coach and my whole life has transformed through this process through the coaching process through being coached through learning about all of this stuff how to eat food without feeling terrible (laughs) how to respect my body how to really honor myself and love myself and that's why I'm really going to be going all in on helping people stop emotional eating and feel really confident in their bodies. That is the direction I know that I really want to take in my coaching business. And as I find myself at sort of like a crossroads between a music career and a life coach career, And having tried to combine them, but knowing that this is really what I wanted to talk about, you know, I think that you're going to be hearing a little bit more about all of this stuff in the weeks to come. Just wanted to put this into the universe and thank you so much for listening. (laughs) If you have any questions or also struggle with this work, please don't hesitate to reach out. My email is in the show notes and you can fill out a contact form on my website, which is chelseatanner.com. We can set up a one-on-one consultation to see if you'd be a good fit for coaching. And um, I'd love to talk to you, honestly. This is transformational work. If you're tired of comparing yourself and feeling like you can't have normal eating habits, like, please come talk to me. Uh, But until then, I hope you have a beautiful week. The theme music for this podcast is a song called Already Gone by Paper Morning. Please check them out in the link in the show notes. They are an amazing band.